a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Thank you, as always, for listening to another podcast. Uh, As mentioned uh, before in previous podcasts, we have three podcasts that come out per week with uh, several different ideas, several different topics. Today's topic that we're going to be talking about is uh, we're going to be talking about this idea, you know, and I think you've found yourself in this place where we say that kind of this myth that our problems really uh, uh, fail in comparison to other people's problems and we need to buck up and so forth. And by the way, buck up was something I heard a lot from my dad. So that that's become uh, uh, intertwined with, with uh, my language. So today, as we talk about uh, this idea of how we're doing in comparison to other people, I'm going to use a case of a gal that I've been working with uh, for several years. And at this point, we're just kind of checking in month to month or so because of a chronic illness that's in the family. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about her condition, the condition of the family, and some things that have helped uh, her and her family uh, work through this uh, process that is very difficult. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to do a quick break, and when we do that break, we're going to talk about uh, a couple more things that uh, I see as uh, strengths in terms of working through this. As you listen, you might find yourself say, oh my gosh, you know what, how, you know, doing that exact thing. How is this, uh, you know, how can I talk and worry about my depression and so forth after I listen to this lady, about this lady? And the idea is, okay, if you feel like, you know, her experience is valid, how, why would your experience not be valid as well? And we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about a way to assess. And again, assessing yourself versus yourself as opposed to, and objectively as opposed to assessing yourself by comparison to other people. So the idea here is that, uh, well, let me let me give some background here. So I've got a gal, uh, three kids, and about 12 years ago, her husband, uh, the best way to explain it is a form of dementia, uh, so he would have been about 30, and about so about 12 years ago, he was diagnosed, and the name, I'll trip over it, but just it's almost like an early form dementia. But basically what's happening is he's aging backwards, especially his mental status. So he still has the same frame and size and so on and so forth. He uh, very mild at first, but his abilities to understand, his abilities to remember, and now some of his bodily functions are just 
falling behind very, very slowly. As a matter of fact, throughout this process of working with my client and her children and with him, uh, I cannot believe just how many times I thought that this individual was going to pass away, uh, and he didn't. A lot of complications with diabetes and colds and so forth, his immune system's down, and he's at a point right now where I would say he's the equivalent of about a five or six-year-old, and very hard for people to be around him because he looks he looks fine, but uh, very uh, very kind of inappropriate giggles that type of thing really not present, and uh, it's just so hard to see. Well, that's a tough story. I mean, how how many people do you know that are aging backwards, if you will? So the idea is okay. As as I read through some of the ways that uh, my uh, client has gotten through this, what I want you to think about is okay. You're going to have a tendency to want to compare and say, oh my goodness. She's handling it so well, and my my issue is nothing compared to that. But I purposely am going to talk about how she's handled it because the reality is is that you're going to have in your mind that she is a saint. And, you know, probably she is a saint, actually. I told her that uh, when her husband dies, she'll die too because I don't know what else she's supposed to do. Um, after all those years of serving her husband, I think her her time has got to be done, and uh, she didn't like that idea. Anyways, but we're going to talk about as you start to feel like uh, comparing yourself to how great this this gal is. We're going to talk about the real ways that she got through and is getting through. And so, if you're really going to compare, let's let's look at the true ingredients. So, what has gotten her through? Okay, and you're going to hear some words that uh, that are familiar to you: faith. Okay, she has got this amazing faith. Um, Sometimes when people have amazing faith, they have trouble describing their faith. They just, it's a no. I just know that we'll be okay. I know there will be food on the table, that type of thing. So faith has definitely helped her. Persistence, okay? Persistence, and we hear that, right? When you're feeling depressed, you're feeling anxious or grief or whatever it is, Okay, people say have a good attitude and keep pushing and so on and so forth. Um, that takes effort. It's not something that usually is just naturally there. So the idea is she persists. She's Her mind is persistently looking for what she needs to do next, what she needs to learn. She, she joined and actually leads a group that I visit uh, three, four times a year, uh, caregivers of those with dementia. Okay, so she uh, persists. She's learning. She's she's uh, diving in. She's helping. Those types of things. Now that all sounds good, right? Well, the other things that have gotten her through, and so I want you to think about this for her, yourself, is doubt. Okay, we think about somebody getting through something like this, being a person of courage, being a person of strength, so on and so forth. But really, part of a big part of what's gotten her through is she she has been very realistic with her doubt, that she doubts that she can do it. She's owned that. She's saying, "I doubt that I can continue to be a good mom. I fear that my kids this. I fear that my husband is hurting inside. He knows that I'm angry with him." All so she's owning that part of this process of working through this pain is that it's okay to doubt, it's okay to fear. With depression, it's okay to not have motivation. Strength, right? We're saying, okay, this person handles their depression better. First of all, what is better? But the reality is, is that if you allow yourself to say, okay, of course my motivation is going to be low. Of course I'm going to fear whether or not I'm going to get better. Okay, that's realistic. 
because what we're saying is, okay, I don't need to have that attitude to handle this better than anybody else. If I'm being real, okay, I acknowledge that doubt, I acknowledge that fear, okay, then I can, I'm more objective and I can find, I can find routes, I can find interventions to help me overcome that doubt. Another thought that, uh, that came to mind in terms of the work that she's doing is uh, what I wrote down is work, work, work. This gal, I tell you what, um, I think she's got three jobs right now. Well, she's also she's going to qualify uh, as a as a uh, nurse, uh, uh, ICU nurse. I swear. Okay, she's nursing. She's taking care of. I mean, her husband at this point uh, has uh, bowel movements uncontrolled a couple times a day. I mean, all kind. You know, he gets lost. All kinds of things. And so she's working for her sanity rather than sitting at home and saying how awful things are. Okay, what she's saying is okay, and what what she's saying to you, right, would be the idea that, hey, I have to work, work, work. In other words, am I handling it better than other people? Is she handling her situation better than you? No, what she's saying is, in order to survive, in order to make sense to myself, in order to not go crazy, okay, I work, work, work. Am I handling it better? No, I'm just finding something that allows me to not completely go into the depths of despair. So the idea is, if that person's handling things better, first of all, you don't know what better is. Second of all, you don't know the conditions. And also, part of it isn't just faith and persistence. They're doubting. They have fear as well. They're not necessarily sitting there and with these uh, motivational podcasts and so on and so forth. They're doubting. They're fearing. They're discouraged. A couple more thoughts on her and and how she came to, you know, how she's working through this 12 years. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about how to evaluate yourself. So let's go ahead and take a break. And on the, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about her and how to evaluate yourself in a more objective way. Back to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. So we've been talking today about uh, this this myth that uh, we get into where we downplay really our scenario, our struggles, our pain, financial stress, whatever, because we have this idea that there's, you know, we always refer to people in other countries and so forth that have it worse. The idea, I think, is the reality is that uh, how do you measure pain against pain? right? We do the same thing. It's like, you know what? That person handles their pain so well. Well, how do we truly know what their pain level is? How do we know the history there? How do we know about support? And how do we adequately compare ourselves to that pain? Same thing with those, uh, with family issues, with anxiety, depression, OCD, all those types of things. We're letting ourselves down by comparing ourselves to how we think we ought to uh, handle things when, in fact, there's really no objective way to look at it and say, okay, this is what ought to happen, or this is where I'm at in terms of how I feel my pain, my loss, my grief, as compared to somewhere else. There's just no way to put that together. And my thought is, you know what, whatever you feel, the grief, the pain, it's relative exactly to you. And what you feel, that level of pain, if that hurts you, that's good enough. The idea is that's your body's way, or if you feel loss or what have you, that is, is significant enough to you, and 
therefore, it's by comparison, I suppose, you know what, if you're flat out in bed, if you're discouraged and so forth, in my mind, it's no different than something you might compare yourself to in terms of issues that other people have gone through. So going back to this lady for a minute, just a couple things that uh, that uh, I wanted to talk to you about in terms of comparing yourself to her and that, oh my gosh, she's so strong, she's handling things a lot better. You know, one of the things that she's really been focused or worried about and accepted as part of this battle is she spends a lot of time wondering if she's wrong. She, she am I making the wrong decision? There's, there's a lot of decisions that she has to make about her kids, about working, about uh, medical uh, approaches and so forth. And so she's saying, and she told me this, that part of her process, part of working through this, she's not almighty and strong. She's not handling it better than you are. She spends a lot of time wondering if she's wrong. She spends a lot of time feeling lost. And another thing that she said is she feels evil sometimes. She has a thought every once in a while that, you know, maybe my husband will be gone tomorrow. And then what does that mean about me that I have that thought? Or she has thoughts that advance to life after her husband passes away. Listen, that's real. That's normal. And so if she's experiencing those things, right, these feelings of fear and loss, she's not going to tell you that. But you're going to be comparing yourself to the ideal. You're going to be comparing yourself to what you view as strength and so forth. But the reality, she's struggling in a very similar way. Okay, she has also been uh, very open and accepting to help. The idea is strength and working through depression and so forth um, is not by comparison to the person down the street and how they're handling their PTSD and so forth. She is helping us understand that a big part of of uh, treatment, a big part of survival, a big part of, well, actually thriving in this case, is the acceptance of help. The idea is my ability to handle it is not contingent upon whether I do, whether I need help or not. So she is getting a lot of help, a lot of support from neighbors, from myself, and so on and so forth. So let me make sure I didn't have, oh, one more thought, actually. This is a great thought. So the idea is, okay, how else does she get through it? Does she get it through it better than I do? Those comparisons are false. They're an illusion. But we've got to pick up those things and say, okay, regardless of what she's going through, regardless of how that compares to mine, I'm going to choose to push forward. I'm going to choose to do it my way. And you know what? That is relevant to your ability to have strength. It's relevant to your ability to push through things based on how hard you've pushed through things in the past. And so the idea here, one more idea, is uh, that uh, that she would say to you if she were here with this podcast is she, and I had to encourage her to do this at first, but you can do Christmas, you can do birthdays, you can go to a movie. She goes to a lot of movies by herself. Is that is that a measure that she's not handling it well? Is that a measure that she's selfish? Is that a measure that, hey, you ought to be doing those things as well? No. The reality here is that, you know what, she is finding ways that really don't matter in terms of what other people might say, right? The idea is, you know what, if she's strong, she should be by her husband all the time. No, she's saying, if I'm strong, you know what, I need to go eat all the popcorn by myself, have a gigantic Diet Coke, and watch a movie I don't care about. Okay, so part of getting through it, instead of 
really focusing on how she's handling it. Be realistic and say, okay, you know what? It's okay to do these things. It's okay to struggle during Christmas. It's okay to take the time to do Christmas. And that's not a sign of struggle if she goes off on vacation or those types of things. That's her natural response. And it really is irrelevant to the way that you cope with things. So what do we do with this in terms of ourselves? Okay, the idea is, you know, if we're not, if I'm asking you to not compare yourself uh, to other people and their suffering, the idea is it minimizes the reality of what you're dealing with, okay? If you're not going to compare yourself, how do you gauge really how you're doing? And the idea here is um, to gauge yourself against yourself. And this is really hard to do because really we we have a hard time being objective. But what I tell people to do is I ask them to look back as objectively as possible using facts and say, okay, what are those things that I struggled with, what are those things that I did well with during like the last year? Okay, so you're setting kind of a baseline. You're setting uh, a comparison against yourself for the last year. The key here is that we might say things like, um, I worked hard or I um, upped my medication or what have you. That's fine. Those are facts. But we want to stay away from these emotional tags that say, um, you know what, I was so weak that I had to go back on meds. Okay, we want to keep it objective. A lot of people that I talk to, they'll see that this winter they're on less meds than last winter, for example. So what you do is you write down those things, those facts that you would say feel significant about what's gone on with the mental health, with family, so forth, how you've handled things, but without labeling it in terms of value or so forth, just last summer, uh, spent a lot of time in counseling, not judging why you were in counseling. And then what you do is you come forward to this year, and the idea is you say, okay, and, and listen to this, this is very important. The idea is, okay, this year, when it comes to this, uh, you know, I have some folks that uh, have some grief, for example, that recurs February, March, that type of thing. So this year, what am I going to do a little bit different than March or whatever of last year? So you're comparing yourself to the self in the past versus yourself to how all these other people that have lost a child uh, are handling it. Because you have no idea. You're not working with facts. You're just guessing about how they handled it. So the idea is, is to say, okay, based on these things last year, I'm going to set a goal to handle this particular issue a little bit different. And you've listened to podcasts in the past uh, from me that I, where I've said, you know, we want to acknowledge I did this well, but we also want to say, okay, this is something I'm going to do different. Okay, this is a thing that you want to write down. This is something you want to be able to look back at. But that's a more proper gauge of success. That's a more prop, uh, proper gauge of how well you're doing with things is, is comparing yourself to yourself. And then you have a measurable thing. You have a measurable reference point where you can say, okay, I'm going to do this. My goal is to, you know, uh, talk to the doctor three, four months earlier or spend a little bit more time in therapy versus waiting for therapy until I was significantly depressed. So the idea is we can be excited. We can uh, kind of be happy and, and so forth about other people and their successes. But that doesn't mean that we have to compare ourselves uh, to that and and make that a measure of how well or not well that we're doing. The true measure of how well you're doing and the most objective measure of how you're doing is comparing yourself to those things that you can improve upon from the past year. And again, keeping that without emotion, but more fact-based in terms of 
how things went last year and what you can improve upon. And the idea is it's a degree of improvement. We're not looking for mass improvement. And, of course, we don't care about others' improvement as compared to ours. I am Fred Riley. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Please take time to evaluate and see the growth that you have against yourself rather than others. Please feel free uh, to email me or find me online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back the number two, life.com. 